Greetings from Long Island, where every highway is a sunrise. It's time for Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk, and music brought to you by Total Theater, with your host, Dave Lefkowitz. You've never heard anything like it, so sit back, relax, squeal if you must. Here's the host of Dave's Gone By, Dave! Tropical hot dog night! There goes the neighborhood. Welcome, everybody, to Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk radio, and music brought to you every Sunday at 11 p.m. on AM 1240 WGBB in Freeport, New York, live streaming on the web at AM 1240 WGBB.com, and then at some point, repeat it later, on Live365.com, thanks to the good folks at DFSX Radio, where you can listen Thursday nights at 8 and 11 to vintage episodes of this show. For all that kind of information and the links to listen, Go to my website, davesgoneby.org. Now, what is Dave's Gone By, I hear you ask? Well, I thought I heard you ask. You didn't ask? All right, I'll make believe you asked. What is Dave's Gone By? It's smart talk, silly talk, special talk, and music. And I've been doing it since October 2002. And just a whole host of things. And every show's a little bit different, although some of them tend to follow a pattern. But I've had wonderful guests on the program. If you were lucky enough to uh, to have listened last week, you would have heard the Randy Bandits, a really terrific uh, rock folk roots group that uh, played and, and pretty much took up the whole hour. Also, I've spoken to former monkey Peter Tork and people like Jill Sabuel and Tom Paxton and Neil Sedaka. But it isn't just interviews. In fact, tonight, we don't have a guest at all. It's just <laughs> yours truly. So, change the station now. But if you're planning to stick around, let me tell you what we're going to do on the show tonight. We have the return of a news gone by, one of our oldest and most popular segments, where it's basically uh, that Saturday Night Live weekend update meets John Stewart-y, uh, newsy, makey, funny kind of thing, and uh, it's basically where we look at the world and current events and make fun of them in a very sick and horrible way. That's just what I'm here for. Plus, we have a special, a new song that I've composed, a political song, a happy little tune, to celebrate, oh, let's see, three years in Iraq and uh, six years of George Bush in the White House. I think it's time for the George Bush song. If you want to uh, sing along, the lyrics are at the website, davesgoneby.org. We'll be doing that a bit later in the program, but just so you know, the uh, the lyrics are mine, but the tune is to Guantanamera, so you should have no trouble singing along on the chorus. And let's see, what else are we doing today? Oh, yeah, uh, have the return also of Inside Broadway. That's uh, brought to you by Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine. And sometimes what we do is we preview what's going to be on and off Broadway in the weeks ahead. But this particular time, I've been seeing quite a bit of theater, so I thought I'd just come on and talk to you and tell you some of the stuff that I've seen and whether you should run and go see it 
or run away and not see it even if someone paid you. Got three shows, including one Broadway show on this particular Inside Broadway, so stick around, as you should every week from 11 to midnight, because we're here, because you want us here, because you like the show, because you've written in, and because I love doing the program for you. And because I've got some wonderful sponsors who help make this possible, including, as I said before, Performing Arts Insider, which is published by Total Theater. Uh, also, thanks so much to Hewlett Minuteman Press, the copy kings of Broadway. And, well, it's a different Broadway. It's actually the Broadway in Hewlett. But, hell, they can take Broadway in any city or state that they wish because they're a sponsor of this show. As are mortgagesrock.com. The good folks there from Discount Funding Associates who run that website. Now, let me tell you a little bit about it. Basically, it's not just a typical mortgage broker thing. This is a place that teaches you to be the broker. If you have friends or relatives or people you work with who are looking to get a little bit of money, they need a loan, they want to take out a college loan, they want to take a vacation, they want to fix up the house, they want to buy a house, you can help them because mortgages, really, it's mostly paperwork. And when you start learning that, you can do it. You're driving the business. You're bringing the business to MortgagesRock.com, and everybody wins because you'll get commission, they'll get a client, and your clients, both of them, will be happy. So, MortgagesRock.com. And the cool thing is that their website tells you, it's like a whole encyclopedia, but easy to understand, of what the process is for mortgage banking. So, please, please, please. Give them a visit. Tell them Dave sent you. MortgagesRock.com because making money never sounded so good. And we will be sounding off about Broadway and off-Broadway and all that kind of thing right after this message. And Dave Lefkowitz is here for the play-by-play. The play-by-play-by-play by Dave in his book of plays, Marriage, Babies, and the End of the World. Comedies, satirical, silly, sad, and strange, all collected in a great-looking book. Just $20 hardcover, $12 soft. Email davesgoneby at aol.com or visit davesgoneby.org for marriage, babies, and the end of the world. Da-da-da-da-da-da! Play Dave! <laughs> Sir, what are you doing? Nothing. Are you photocopying your butt? Yeah, isn't it cool? I want to send lots of copies. Not in a public library. I know. It's so expensive here. Twenty-five cents a cheek. No, I mean, why not go to Hewlett Minuteman Press? Hewlett Minuteman Press? 1315 Broadway in Hewlett. They can make copies, they can laminate it, print it in a booklet, put it on a mug. My ass on a mug? Wow! Call 516-569-5577. 516... Hey, stop that. You can't copy that. But what do I put on the back of the mug? Inside Broadway, brought to you by Total Theater's Performing Arts Insider, your everything theater guide. Actually, we're going to go not just inside Broadway, but inside off-Broadway and off-off on this segment on Dave's Gone By, because I've just been seeing some shows, wanted to share them with you and let you know whether they're really worth running to, or kind of, yeah, you wouldn't mind if you sat there and tolerated them, or if you should run very, very fast in the other direction. But we, we don't have anything that 
bad this week, but there are three shows of varying qualities and, and uh, my various thoughts about them, and I'm going to share them on Inside Broadway. We begin with the Broadway musical based on the music, but not the life of Johnny Cash. That, of course, being Ring of Fire, not to be confused with Walk the Line, which is a movie, a very popular and uh, nearly Oscar-winning picture about Johnny Cash's difficult life and his drugs and his wife and all that, with uh, Reese Witherspoon, of course, winning the Oscar and Joaquin Phoenix getting very good reviews for his performance. But that was the movie. That was very different. Ring of Fire is a lot closer to the quote-unquote jukebox musicals that we've been seeing for the past bunch of years. And uh, kind of ironic because the fellow who conceived or, or came up with the whole idea of Ring of Fire is a fellow named Richard J. Maltby. And he was interviewed, I believe it was for the New York Times, and said that he hates the term jukebox musicals. He doesn't like the, that appellation to it. And yet he, first of all, invented it, in a sense, by doing Ain't Misbehavin', which was the first of these kind of modern pastiche tuners based on old compositions, and they put them all together with some kind of theme, and talented actors sort of acting them out, but mostly singing them in a staged concert form. And Ain't Misbehaving was the sleeper runaway off-Broadway hit, and maybe even played on Broadway for a while, uh, a couple of decades ago. And since then, he's done some other stuff, including more creative and more original pieces. But now he is back taking, as I said, the songs of Johnny Cash, and he takes 38 of them in this two-act show at the Ethel Barrymore Theater. So, you know, you've got 38 songs that, granted, most of them are pretty short. But still, that adds up to about two and a half hours without much of a real plot to hang on. I mean, there, there sort of is one. It's set in this farmhouse in the Midwest, I guess it is, or, or sort of southern Midwest, with a very typical American family and these three brothers, one of whom decides to stay with the family farm and help his mom run it. Another brother goes off to have a singing career and does pretty well, but gets kind of lonely and misses his wife and all. And then there's a third, whom we don't really see very much of until he has a little trouble with the law, gets into a, one of those bar fight things, and suddenly finds himself in prison, all the better to have a medley of many of Johnny Cash's famous prison songs. And so that's really the whole show. And if I'm disappointed... I think a lot of my colleagues were, it's somehow that we were expecting more. You know, if not necessarily the biography of Johnny Cash, but, but something more than just song, 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 song with some basic little shingle or, or clothesline that they're all very loosely tacked to. And it doesn't mean that those singers are bad. On the contrary, they're either very personable or one of them has a very good country voice. Her name is uh, Larry White. I think she's actually a real quote-unquote country singer, whereas some of the rest are Broadway people. And, uh, you know, Jared Emick was in Damn Yankees about ten years ago, that very good revival. So he's there, but seems a little out of his element. And, again, it's not a dislikable show. And had it been oh, I don't know, 90 minutes instead of two and a half hours. I think I would have thought a lot better of it, or had it been off-Broadway at a place like the Lambs Theater with a mellower vibe, or, or maybe in a cabaret setting with drinks and stuff. But if you're going to sit in a Broadway theater and you're not 
a really huge fan of either Johnny Cash music or country music in general, I think you're going to sit there kind of bored through a lot of it. Some of the highlights are, well, I mean, they do a boy named Sue, and they do it pretty well. It's amusing. I mean, we all know the lyrics by heart, pretty much. Um, there's also a very good prison number sung by David M. Lutkin, where... Uh, a song called Delia, and he really gets the comedy of it down. It's a very sick little number about this guy saying how he, he shot his woman down, and you see all the other prisoners in the cell slowly moving away from him as they realize just how psychotic he is. It's really very funny and well done. But again, the problems with this musical include, like, they open with something that should be dramatic. Instead of opening with I Walk the Line or, or just something silly, one of the, the nuttier songs by Cash, you know, Three Feet High and Rising, they do Hurt, which was really his last hit. It was the Trent Reznor Nine Inch Nail song that Johnny Cash turned into a, a real masterpiece. And they get um, a guy, Jason, what's his name, Jason Edwards to do it. And he does it, and he really emotes it in a Broadway way, which is, of course, not the way to do a song like Hurt, which cries out for restraint and, and keeping the pain down. But okay, so we figure this is going to be his story, and we're going to see how he made his way from having good times with his family and in this nice little farm environment into prison and how he survives. Except he does Hurt, and then it's all nice, 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 and boring, boring, boring for a full act and a half until we get back to him in the middle of Act 2. And then, by then, we're just like, oh, okay, oh, now we're going to finally get to Folsom Prison Blues and some of the other jail numbers. But anyway, it's a fairly good-looking show, uh, kind of going to be known for the design of it, because it isn't so much a straight set, even though there are definitely backdrops and some props, but most of it, kind of like The Woman in White a few months ago, is projected. And, and it's very special projections. That um, It isn't just the fact that there's some rear screen thing or front screen thing that's throwing light on these canvases or whatever they are so that the actors don't have shadows when they walk in front of them. Apparently, it's actually just video screens, big giant ones that are showing images very hyper-saturated, colorful pictures of farmhouses and rainy days and jail cells and all that. And it is good to look at and sometimes effective, and other times you kind of feel that the actors are hampered, like they can't dance too far out of frame or move in any wrong sort of area because we'll lose the illusion that they're physically there in that place rather than just this actor standing on a set that happens to have a design uh, projected or videoed behind them. So, out of four stars, I'm giving Ring of Fire uh, a rather meager two and a half. If you love the music, add half a star. Well, something that uh, is off-Broadway that I liked quite, quite a lot stars Sherry Glazer. Now, she has had a life and a half almost as weird and bizarre as Johnny Cash's life. And I'll tell you about it just after I remind you that this segment is brought to you by Performing Arts Insider Theater magazine. Now, this magazine has been around, I swear to God, since the mid-1940s. It's over 60 years old and has been a Bible of the theater industry because it tells you everything you need to know about Broadway, off-Broadway, cabaret, dance, opera, everything going on in New York, and sometimes even in regional theater and, and international theater, too. It's really cool, and it isn't just what you can get in, like, New York Magazine or even backstage, because those have their places, too. 
But in Performing Arts Insider, first of all, you have a chronological listing of all the shows that are opening, closing, when their casts are changing, when things are going into previews. You also have the full list of all the actors, the writers, the designers, the tech people, the press people, um, all the managers and producers. And if you're in the business, this is important, you have their contact information. You can call them. You have their addresses, their email addresses. So if you're an actor or if perhaps you're deciding on what show to take your theater group to, or just even if you're a real theater lover and you want to find out really what's going on behind the scenes on and off Broadway, Performing Arts Insider is the magazine for you. Now, it's not cheap, okay? You've got to pay for it because the people who do buy this magazine really want it, and the information in it is worth a lot of money to them. And it is worth it for you, too. And not only that, it's worth it for you to subscribe to Performing Arts Insider because, as a listener to Dave's Gone By, you get 10% off the annual subscription price. And there are two subscriptions. You can either get the monthly, which comes out <laughs> once a month, or there's even one for if you're really, really involved in the theater that comes out 21 times a year. And again, either of those subscriptions, you get 10% off. If you want to find out more, just visit performingartsinsider.com. There's even a link there from the Dave's Gone By website, davesgoneby.org. And you can you know, see little sample pages of the magazine and find out about the subscription plans. And also just write to the, the magazine with any questions that you've got. Because you will find that this really is the Broadway Bible. All you need to know about theater in New York is in Performing Arts Insider. And... You should know that they are sponsoring this wonderful segment inside Broadway on Dave's Gone By, where I was just about to tell you about a show called Family Secrets. Now, may be familiar to you because the show isn't new. It played off-Broadway about 12 or 13 years ago, got some very good reviews, and made something of a minor star of its star, Sherry Glazer, who plays five characters in this Jewish very middle class, very suburban kind of family. And um, she co-wrote it with her husband at the time, who was also directing it. Now, here's what happened to them. Uh, the show was a hit, so they took it on the road, and it was on tour for a long time, and she was getting quite a name for herself as the performer and co-writer of it, and he was kind of sinking into the background with other projects not really taking off. And this apparently made him first depressed, and then a little bit nuts, until finally, um, you know, first she found a gun in his car, and uh, he said, oh, you know, that's not for really anything. And then a bit later on, he was playing golf at night. He went off to play, and as he often did, Twilight Golf, I think they call it. And, well, the police the next day went to the golf course, and they found four golf clubs at the 13th hole, one pointing in each direction, north, south, east, west, and him nowhere to be seen, and he was never seen or heard from again. After five years, they declared Cherry Glazer's husband dead, and then she went off to have a very different life and get over him and get over that madness that she lived through, and now she's a lesbian again and living with a woman and, and doing her show again, and I was very, very happy to see it. I think I liked it more this time with all the years behind it than I did at first. I appreciated it more because the writing is so good. In some senses, the characters are a bit stereotypical. There's the, the father who's kind of gruff and can't deal with the fact that his daughter is uh, having this hippie lifestyle and 
wants to be with and marry a woman. You've got the mother who has a nervous breakdown and, and recounts going through all that and trying to kill herself and the comic and sort of tragic things that are all about that. And finally, having some kind of uh, closure with her mother, who at the moment is <laughs> ashes in an urn. And then you've got some other characters. You've even got this old grandmother who's uh, the matriarch of the clan and how she finds love at an age when other people can barely even find their glasses. It's so f- it's funny, yet it's very, very touching at the strangest moments, and that's what's really nice about it. And I saw this on uh, a matinee, where the actress, Sherry Glazer, was having tremendous vocal difficulty. She was getting over a cold or had bad laryngitis. And they even made an announcement before the show saying, she's going to go through with it, we're not going to cancel the show, but please be patient, have a little you know, understanding, because she's really in vocal distress. And you could hear it. I mean, a lot of times she would merely <laughs> be talking like this. Or most of the second act, she was coughing quite a bit. And whenever she had a chance, she spritzed her throat when she could. She got through it, and maybe it wasn't as laugh-out-loud funny as it normally is when her voice is 100%. But I think it also, we saw the struggle in her, went with her, and because it was quieter, I think the, the sadder moments and the more poignant moments were even more touching. Either way, this is a very strongly recommended show. It's Family Secrets. It's playing at a relatively new theater on West 37th Street. There's like nothing else around it. They built this big old theater to put Hurley Burley in last year. And it's big and it's nice. And I'm sure within two or three years that area is just going to explode. But don't wait for that. Go there now. See Family Secrets while it's playing. And uh, no secret, I want to sort of half recommend uh, one other show, one that I caught off-off-Broadway called Bush Wars. And it's a satire, a musical satire, kind of like the Capitol Steps have been doing for all these years, where they make fun of the dreaded and hateful George Bush. Well, It's all written by one person. I've got to find her name. It's Nancy Holson, conceived by a guy named Jim Russick. And there are six pretty, mostly young performers who get up there and do a lot of comedy music sketches. A lot of them are parodies. And a lot of them are pretty darn funny. It gets off to a rocky start. And we're also wondering, oh my gosh, you know, we're six years into this administration what hasn't been said? What, what hasn't John Stewart given us by now, or the Capitol Steps, or you know, Leno, or Letterman? What haven't they said about the idiocies of the George Bush, Dick Cheney, Condoleezza administration? And for a while, we're kind of feeling that, because the actors seem a little tentative, and the direction seems about a beat behind. But as the show goes on, they warm up. The crowd really warms up. They, they get into it a lot. And then they get some really funny stuff and good writing. I think the best sequence is they do a West Side Story parody with, uh, of course, um, America being the song that they're using. And you see George Bush and his mother in a little restaurant. And who should be sitting across from them in this eatery but Bin Laden and his mother. And they have, they go back and forth saying, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. With, with, unfortunately, I'm not really compass enough to have written down the lyrics from it. But trust me, it's very well done, very funny, and it says so much about what these past few years have been all about. Just 
two boys and their toys fighting with the world hanging in the balance. And there's also a good sketch toward the end involving the, uh, the justices where they, they take on stop in the name of love, except it's stop in the name of the law, and each justice is more right-wing and more you know, vehement than the last, until the, the last justice who's hired for the Supreme Court even has a little Hitler mustache. Kind of cute stuff, and, and then there's uh, even the finale. It seems like it's going to be, I, I don't really want to give it away, but it's very cute, where they sing a song and say, look, we've done all these really, really nasty satirical things. We've made fun of the administration. We, we sent George Bush literally into hell, because in the beginning of the show he makes a deal with the devil. And we're very, very happy and proud and lucky to be living in America where we can say these things and make these commentaries and, and have these opinions, say them openly and out loud without fear, because that's what America's all about. And okay, it's a nice way to end the show, but it's a little bit ooky, because we know. And, and then you start seeing that each and every one of the singers singing this song is suddenly either getting a hook or being knocked on the head with a giant silver hammer or one gets an, un an envelope full of anthrax. So even at the very end, they, they stick the knife in a little, and I'm all for that. So it's not the most wonderful thing, and I miss the polish of Capital Steps. But you're, you're not going to go too wrong, especially if uh, you know, you're a little bit on the left-wing side with Bush Wars at the Rattlestick Theater that's playing through April 16th downtown. A little bit hard to find. Uh, the signs down there are weird. You've got to go to 7th Avenue South, and uh, it's, it's closer to 14th Street than West 4th, believe it or not. So you, know, you have to allow enough time just in case you get lost, because it is, it is pretty much worth it. So I'll say mm, two and three quarter to three stars for Bush Wars, and uh, Family Secrets, wow, three and a half stars for that. And as I said before, Ring of Fire, eh, two and a half, and, well... Five stars, ten stars, fifteen stars to Performing Arts Insider Magazine for sponsoring this segment. You know what it is. We've just been inside Broadway, thanks to TotalTheater.com and Performing Arts Insider. Hi, this is Dave Lefkowitz of Dave's Gone By, reminding you to tune in every Thursday night at 8 and 11 Eastern Time for the best of Dave's Gone By on Live365.com and the special channel DFSX Radio. All you got to do is go to my website, davesgoneby.org, click on the link, and you can hear a classic episode of Dave's Gone By every Thursday night, 8 and 11. Go to DFSXRadio.com for more of me. My radio's on, the news is off, that, but it's good for a laugh. Welcome back to Dave's Gone By. It's time for the news gone by. A look at world and local events of the past week from a March of Time and Time of March perspective. Never let it be said our government doesn't try to be ready for a crisis. Last Saturday, cabinet officials gathered at the White House for a drill that simulated a smallpox attack. During the exercise, staffers climbed to the roof, George Bush remained on vacation at Camp David, and Dick Cheney shot a guy. In legal news, well, it wasn't official before, but now it's on the books. 
urinating in public in California is illegal. A Berkeley man who was busted for cocaine possession tried to have the charge thrown out because he wasn't searched until the cops caught him peeing in a parking lot. Judge Anthony Klein upheld the arrest and told the defendant, quote, Urination on or near a busy commercial street interferes with the comfortable enjoyment of both life and property. The sight and smell of urine are vile and offensive, making it a public nuisance, unquote. Most citizens' groups cheered the decision about public urination, with the lone dissenter being the AARP, which fears that prison cells will now be filled with 80-year-old men. You know, not all drunk driving incidents are created equal. Take the case of the 59-year-old driver in Rome who was weaving all over the road. Cops pulled him over and found him to be three times over the legal blood alcohol limit. They also found his companion, a naked 70-year-old woman who had been trying to have sex with him while he was behind the wheel. Police said the driver maintained control until one time he had to stop short. He went to jam on the brake, but stepped on her breast instead. Speaking of international police work, cops in Nanjing, China, now have not only fingerprints and clothing and hair samples to go on, apparently eastern China now has the world's first human body odor bank. That's right. 500 smells are kept on ice there at exactly zero degrees Fahrenheit. The stink bank's founder, Song Zhenhua, told Reuters that under those conditions, smells can stay fresh for over three years. Zhenhua did not say how exactly they capture a smell, or what they do with it, or how they keep the smell trapped once they open the chamber up to use it. He did say that of all the criminals captured using this methodology, nine out of ten still blame the dog. Not all animals are blameless, however. Condolences to the family of Dr. Richard Root. The 68-year-old physician from Seattle had recently moved to Botswana to alleviate a doctor shortage there. However, last weekend he was taking a wildlife tour of the Limpopo River when a crocodile snatched him from the canoe, and he's not been heard from since. It's a shame because Dr. Root was there to teach the natives about AIDS and help make the quality of third world HIV treatment more open to debate. That is, of course, until he became debate. Yes! Yes! Yes, that's the sound of the comedy bell signaling that Dave's gone by. Bad pun of the week. Whenever we do the news gone by, we make a play on words so rootless, so crocodile, that even Botswana don't wanna. Which is why we ring the comedy bell. The bell that tolls for thee if you have a product, event, or service that you should be promoting on Dave's Gone By. For just $3 a week, you can be part of this unique radio show. For three years, people have tuned in to the neighborhood for comedy, for music, for off-the-wall opinions, and on-the-mark commentary. And listeners know that I recommend good sponsors, that I really know these people and I'm happy to do business with them, and to bring business their way by telling the world about them on this show. Maybe the first time I mentioned Hewlett Minuteman Press 
or mortgagesrock.com kind of flew by and didn't register. But week after week, as I talk these businesses up and say funny things about them, something happens. People remember. They keep it in their minds. So, when they need photocopies or a printing job, they'll think of Hewlett Minuteman. When some friend or neighbor wants to buy a house, they'll think, hey, you know, maybe I can do this for them through MortgagesRock.com. Do not underestimate the power of radio, the persuasiveness of the medium, and the sheer magnetism of <laughs> yours truly. Not to mention the fact that Dave's Gone By airs on a station that reaches a nice chunk of South Nassau and Suffolk, streams live on the Internet to the entire world, and that best of episodes are broadcast on the web every Thursday night. That's a lot of reach and a lot of opportunity for you to reach a lot of people. We have everything from little 15-second mentions to whole show sponsorships, all at prices you can't afford to pass up. Call 516-295-1511 for advertising information on Dave's Gone By. 516-295-1511. If you email us, we'll email you the rate card. Dave's Gone By at AOL.com is that address. Dave's Gone By at AOL.com or See prices on my website, davesgoneby.org. Springtime is here. People are going to be traveling, dining out, buying clothes, fixing up their houses. You can be part of all of that. Advertise on Dave's Gone By. 516-295-1511 to sponsor any part of the program, including the Dave's Gone By Bad Pun of the Week. Don't be good... Be ponderful. Well, they may have cures for baldness and bad vision, but shortness is still an uncorrectable mystery. <laughs> tell me about it. However, don't tell that to Simon Sofer, who's going to spend the next two years in prison for trying to prove otherwise. According to the Israeli courts, Sofer masqueraded as a doctor and told his patients he could make them either grow taller or add centimeters to their penises. His way of doing that included hanging people upside down or stretching their bodies with weights. He also poked people with needles and made them take food supplements. None of this worked, of course, and Sofer's clients were kind of upset that the fake doc was sentenced to only two years. One patient screamed at him, I wish it were longer! Sofer screamed back, I know, I tried! Speaking of Israel... They're holding parliamentary elections this Wednesday. And of all things, 82-year-old elder statesman Shimon Peres is less concerned about being interim prime minister Ehud Olmert than the popularity of the Greenleaf Party. They're a group specifically devoted to the legalization of marijuana. Perez fears that they'll snag a chunk of a young vote, kids disillusioned with Israel's mainstream parties. I asked the Greenleaf founder, Boaz Wachtel, why voters should take the party seriously. Wachtel replied, Dude, if you can't party seriously, don't bother. I said, No, what I meant was, if you do get the young vote and seats in the Knesset, will you get power-hungry? Wachtel said, Man, I'm already powerful-hungry. Got any hummus? Uh, you know, drug humor wasn't funny when George Carlin did it. Why do I think it's going to be funny when I do it? Anyway, one more Israel story. 
a lot of attention being paid to Zohar Sharon, a 53-year-old Israeli who is acknowledged as the world's best blind golfer. According to an Associated Press profile, Sharon relies on a guide dog and his caddy to judge distance and location. The caddy will tell the golfer where the ball is and how far away, then he'll run over to the hole and start clapping so Sharon can sense the direction. Sharon's coach, a Bolivian psychologist, taught him to play by having him sweep the floor. After a while, he replaced the broom with a club and had Sharon hit little coins before graduating to golf balls. Now, I'm not making this up. According to AP, when they were still using the coins, the coach would stand Sharon next to a pole. So if he had an errant swing, the shekels would hit the pole and smack into his head. It's a technique the coach no doubt perfected at Abu Hirab and Chinese re-education camps. No, but anyway, the system worked. It helps that Sharon was born sighted. He didn't lose his vision until he was 25. He was a paratrooper in the Israeli army, and the fellow soldier accidentally sprayed the chemical in his face. I can't see. He had to start all over again, and golf was one of the therapies that got him through the hard times. Sharon says, quote, In golf, it's all about the swing. There are no restrictions for blind people, unquote. In fact, sometimes it's an advantage. His coach says golfers who have sight get all worried about sand traps and water hazards. I just don't tell him about it, he said. And remember, this is the coach who devised the torture with the coins. Anyway, Sharon got a hole-in-one on an Israeli course this past November, and his record is sterling. Three eagles, 50 birdies, 35 dead birdies and squirrels, and only twice has he ruptured his caddy's nutsack. In news from the art world, you may not know the name Spencer Tunick, but should probably know his work. He's the photographer who gathers up huge crowds of people, has them take their clothes off, and then pose together in a public place. His latest shoot was last week in Caracas, where 1,500 subjects stripped nude and posed around a statue of Simon Bolivar. Tunick told Reuters, quote, I worked very, very hard. Okay, that joke is almost too easy. But Tunick really did say, I worked very, very hard, and the people were extremely, extremely, extremely exuberant, unquote. He did have a problem with the placement of one woman. She complained that Bolivar's sword kept prodding her in the buttocks. And she was even more upset when told that Bolivar didn't have a sword. Also in art news, what happens when you put a stupid 12-year-old boy next to a $1.5 million work of art? Well, who's actually the stupid one by doing that? The answer was on display last week at the Detroit Institute of Art. That's where a kid who was part of a school group passed by Helen Frankenthaler's abstract painting, The Bay, and thought in a perfect place to put his gum. He stuck the gum wad in the lower left-hand corner where it left a stain the size of a quarter. A curator says the painting should be easy to clean and good as new in two weeks, which is about the length of the boy's suspension from his charter school. I should add that a study was done, and four out of five dentists recommended that the gum stay on the painting.
In Animal News, Julie McDowell of Leominster, Massachusetts, was driving down Route 12 last week when a 500-pound moose crashed through her windshield. Emergency personnel had to cut the roof off the car just to extract the moose, which was later euthanized. McDowell was fine. No one else was hurt, although a few feet away, a flying squirrel was heard to sob, Holy smokes! I told him not to take Route 12! on fire, or at least on a mission, a hairstylist in Hungary got bored with the usual methods of cutting hair. So instead, he now starts by laying his customers down and putting their hair on chopping blocks. Then he takes an axe and starts hacking away. And when the job is nicely done, he styles the remaining hair with a vacuum cleaner. If patrons find that a little too unorthodox, they also have the option of hanging upside down while the barber goes at their hair with a samurai sword. The hairdresser told reporters these methods, quote, allow me to express myself better, unquote. Not only that, he makes one undeniable point. He says, quote, people never fall asleep when I am cutting, unquote. Asked if he was developing any other tonsorial techniques, the barber said yes, he was still perfecting the hedge trim and the flaming hot towel, although it may be a while before he takes another stab at the talcum grenade. Well, I just got back from a trip to Baltimore, and boy, are my Amtraks tired. <laughs> no, but that's not even a joke. No, but what a great time to be in Maryland in the beginning of spring. However, sadly, I missed the ceremonial burning of the socks in Annapolis. This is an annual ritual started in the 1980s at the Annapolis Yacht Club. One of the workers was so glad to see spring, he pulled off his socks, dropped them in a paint can filled with lighter fluid, and what? The idea was that soon the weather would be warm enough to sail sockless. So now it's a tradition amongst both the hoi polloi and the hoity-toity, with boaters making giant bonfires and hurling their tube socks and pantyhose into the flames. So as soon as spring hits, 
You can go all around the Annapolis shore and see stinky footwear smoking and crackling. Officials call it a tradition. Local boaters call it a fun way to usher in the springtime. And Polish residents call it the tastiest damn barbecue they've had all year. And for dessert, I scream, you scream, we all scream, but one Macy's employee screamed most of all for ice cream. That's because he had to be rushed to Bellevue after an ice cream machine sliced the tip of his finger off. No word on whether doctors were able to reattach the frigid digit. Other employees at the Australian Homemade Ice Cream Parlor in Macy's say their co-worker did not lose his fingertip in a machine, but in the doorway to the department store. Now, I'd like to believe them, but I did notice later that day the store added some new flavors to their menu, including Ducklet, Straw Bony, Bubble Thumb, and my favorite, Chunky Monkey Pinky. And speaking of sickly sweets, Congratulations to federal agents who busted a California drug ring that created candy and beverages laced with pot and specifically appealing to young kids, said DEA agent Javier Pena, quote, This case sort of answers the question, what will they think of next? Well, what these bastards thought of next included candy and soda labeled Double Puff Oreo, Twixt, Puff a Mint Patty, Munchy way. I'm not making this stuff up. I swear, that's really the horror of it. Bong's root beer and Toca Cola. Ringleader Kenneth Affalter was arrested and charged. Let's hope his prison meals include rape soda and electric cherry. Sad news on the literary front. World War II Brigadier General Robert L. Scott, author of God is My Co-Pilot, has died. Because God said, Meow! <laughs> got a way about her I don't know what it is In Broadway news, Alice Elise is suing the producers of Moving Out, the Billy Joel review that closed at the end of last year. Elise was a dancer in the touring company of the show. She said she was verbally abused and then fired from the musical because her breasts were too big. She said she didn't gain weight, her body just changed, and she went from a size C to a size D, which made her look funny in the show's costumes. Well, maybe not funny, but probably made her stand out. Elise is asking for $100 million in compensatory damages. She's also asked to go into some other Broadway shows that would be more appropriate for her new talents, among them Beauty and the Breast, Mamma Mia, and Mary Popouts. In religious news, you know, stupidity is not limited to right-wing Christian preachers and born-again charlatans. It pains me to say it, but this story concerns Jerusalem Rabbi David Basri, a prominent Kabbalist in the area. He has been quoted as saying that the deadly outbreak of bird flu in Israel is directly caused by left-wing political parties who want to legalize gay marriage. Says Rabbi Basra, quote, the Bible says that God punishes depravity, first through plagues against animals, and then in people. Basri said he hopes these thousands of chickens and turkeys dying will atone for all the parties that are, quote, strengthening and encouraging homosexuality, unquote. It should be noted that when the rabbi gave that speech, he was holding a live rooster. And when he was finished, 
he grabbed the head of his cock, gave it a twist, some goo came out, and his cock went limp. He then rode off on a donkey, but only after making sure his ass had been fully stuffed and ridden by many other men first. And that's the news gone by for March 26, 2006. Please send your comments, opinions, and munchy ways to Dave's Gone By. Box 62, Hewlett, New York, 11557-0062. That is Dave's Gone By. P.O. Box 62, Hewlett, New York, 11557-0062. We reserved the right to read your comments on the air, name withheld upon request, but I want to hear and read and share your thoughts, your jokes, your opinions. Dave's Gone By at AOL.com is the email. That's D-A-V as in Victor, E-S, Gone By at AOL.com. Our address and a lot more information is also at the website, davesgoneby.org. So, send us email, postcards, letters, packages, but please, no blind golfers. I can barely handle my own putts. Back after this. And that was news, yes, that was news. That was very, very, very special news. Sponsor me, Dave's gone by, run your ad, folks will buy. If you want to reach the public, sponsor me. Advertise on this program for incredibly reasonable rates with long-term discounts. See prices at davesgoneby.org or call 516-295-1511. Sponsor me, if you're wise, on Dave's Gone By, you'll advertise. If you want to be successful, sponsor me. Oh boy, this guy in the White House, he has a brain made out of sludge. Although he lost the election, he was appointed by the judge. He is a white Christian Texan, who prays to Jesus and Exxon. God, what a moron! Oh, Jesus, God, what a moron! God, what a moron, cause thanks to him there's a war on. Well, he was reading a story when the first tower got knocked down. And while that yutz kept on reading, bodies were piling up downtown. He said, I'll get that Bin Laden. Guess what? He never got him. So they went looking for weapons, weapons they knew they'd never find. Which means he lied to our faces, knowing the media was blind. Two thousand corpses in Baghdad, hey, but I conquered Iraq, Dad. God, what a moron! Ah, Jesus, God, what a moron! He uses terror to cover up every error. He's friends with Saudi Arabia and other terrorist resorts. He'll tape our long-distance phone calls, but gladly sell them New York ports. Every day he brings a new fear, and he can't even say nuclear. They found abuses in Gitmo, 
And Abu Ghraib was just obscene, everything spiraling downward, except the price of gasoline, towards once more wilderness drilling, while Cheney's pockets are filling. Guantanamo Bay, ah oh, Jesus, Guantanamo Bay, you better obey if you're in Guantanamo Bay. They've made a luxury of health care. Nobody has a safety net. They'll drive the middle class to welfare, just paying off the national debt. Women will soon cross the ocean just to have an abortion. And so the rich just get richer, while all the rest of us lose hope in all the big corporations who pull the strings of George the Dope. I tell you, I pray for something. Please, Cheney, take W hunting. Come down the moron. Dick Cheney, come down the moron. And when he's stone dead, just put the gun to your own head. Let me hear you now. God, what a moron. Oh, Jesus, God, what a moron. God, what a moron. I count the days till you're gone. 2008, I can't wait. These are the days. Wait, did he just say these are the Daves? These are the Daves. He did. Van Morrison is singing about Daves Gone By and the CDs we have of the show. Dozens of complete episodes available on cassette and CD. $12 a piece, shipping included, and cheaper if you buy more. And add a dollar each for an autograph. Visit davesgoneby.org to get these gracious presents today. Welcome back to Dave's Gone By. Thanks for lending me your ears these past 55 minutes. If you like the George Bush song, drop a note to the folks at DFSX Radio, and maybe we can get it on there in rotation. David Tanney, who founded that particular station on Live365.com, has been a real supporter of Dave's Gone By. So do check them out and catch Dave's Gone By vintage episodes Thursday nights at 8 and 11. And if all those URLs are confusing, Live 365, DFSX, don't worry. Just go to davesgoneby.org and all the links you need are there for you. davesgoneby.org is also the place to see pictures, to visit the websites of guests we've had on the show, to learn about the history of the program and also where it's going. And yes, I finally started a blog. I'm probably the last person on Earth under age 90 to do that. So the show now has a MySpace.com address. MySpace.com forward slash Dave's Gone By. But that also is linked from my homepage. Yes, it's one big digital circle jerk of joy, ladies and gentlemen. Brought to you by MortgagesRock.com, Hewlett Minuteman Press, and Performing Arts Insider Magazine. And remember... Mention Dave's Gone By at Minuteman 
or when you subscribe to The Insider and you get a 10% discount. Special thanks also to the folks at Barlow Hartman, Cromarty and Company, and Bono Brian Brown for their help on the Inside Broadway segment. Thank you to Joyce Keller, Radio Psychic on WGBB, Wednesday nights at 11, for her support of this show, nice lady, and much love to my wife, Joyce, for all her help all year round. This Wednesday is our eighth anniversary, but you know how it is. Sometimes it feels like a year and a half, and sometimes it feels like 20 years, but it's something you go through together, and at the end of it, you realize just how much you love that person and how much they mean to you, which is what it's all about, of course. And it's also about family. I want to wish best of health to a bunch of family members going through some not very nice medical unpleasantness. My Uncle Lester, my Aunt Esther, my cousin Karen, my mom-in-law has some digestion stuff. Enough with the illnesses already. Jeez, it's springtime, so let's all get healthy. Not sure what I'll be doing on the show next week. I might take a one-week break because I've been really swamped, and uh, I might have a repeat on here. Or I might get really industrious and have a brand-new program with more wonderful Daveness just for you. You'll just have to tune in to find out Sunday night, April 2nd, 2006. Until then, don't miss your days going by. This is Dave Lefkowitz. Good night. Let's go out with the real thing. Johnny Cash, the country king who will sing about a fiery ring. Let's go down, 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 and gone by. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Down my wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire I went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire